0: is Angelina, and there were some technical issues with this podcast because we had interviewed the wonderful Miss Daughters on Zoom. However, that shouldn't take away from any of the amazing and inspirational things that Miss Daughters said in this podcast. So hope you enjoy. Hello, I'm Sophia. And I'm Angelina.
1: And welcome to this episode of Redefining Pink, a podcast where we work to combat gender underrepresentation in STEM.
0: This episode is about Miss Daughters, an AP physics teacher at La Jolla High School. Hello.
1: Miss Daughters graduated with a degree in physics from UC Irvine. Growing up, she wasn't very interested in she always loved traditionally girly things like Barbies and fashion. She also always enjoyed outdoorsy things like camping, hiking, and mountain biking. And she didn't get interested in science until she took physics her junior year of high school and excelled. After considering studying either fashion or physics in college, she ended up studying physics, and out of the 20-something physics courses that she has taken over her lifetime, she's only only ever had one female physics instructor. Miss Daughters is excited to be working in education and being the first physics face that her students get to experience. Okay, let's get started with some fast facts. What's your favorite color? Lavender. So many people say purple, or like some variation of purple. I love lavender, though
2: yeah great color um
0: yes like, like Taylor Swift's Lavender haze song
2: <laughs> I was so excited when she named the song Lavender haze. I was like finally my favorite color <laughs> do you have a favorite woman leader in STEM um my favorite woman leader in STEM was probably one of the professors at UC Irvine um it was her name's Professor Tucker I was never actually in her class, but I got to interact with her several times and she was very, very kind and very encouraging.
1: Nice. Um, What's your favorite subject in STEM, if it is-
0: Physics, of course. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the subject in STEM you want
2: to learn more about? Um, Probably astronomy, specifically like astrophysics or maybe like more particle physics. So completely different directions, but both. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's like the very small and the very big.
2: Yes.
1: <laughs> okay. okay, um, let's go into our expertise in stem se- section. So, um what made you want to pursue physics, and what's your like favorite part about it?
2: Um, I wanted to pursue physics because uh, it started off just kind of that I was good at physics. um and then I really started to enjoy it. I enjoy solving problems. Um, And I like math when it has meaning to it. So when math gets a little bit too abstract, I become less interested. Um, But when there's physical meaning to the math that we're doing, then I think it's really fun. Um, And it's a great skill to kind of like learn and build. Um, I had a lot of fun taking like big complicated problems and breaking it down into smaller pieces that like I know how to solve.
1: So, yeah, like what you're talking about with applied math, like I think for me, too, I really enjoy um, taking math and putting it in a real world context, whether that's in physics or in like economics. So like just seeing the numbers kind of have a meaning in real life really like illuminates those subjects to me. And that's what I really like about physics too. So
0: yeah. Awesome. Miss Daughters, have you conducted research in physics before and if so, what was it about?
2: Um, I haven't really done physics research. I did have one lab um, my last year of college where we had uh, particle physics data from CERN, which is like in Switzerland, the big uh, large Hadron particle collider. And we had a bunch of data from that, that we like sifted through using Python coding. Um, So I did have that lab, but it wasn't like research that I was actually doing. It was like old data, Um, but I did kind of get a little bit of experience of like what that's like.
1: Yeah, that's really cool. Um, and on the note of research, is there any exciting physics research that's currently being conducted that you like know about or have been follow? Yeah,
2: there's a lot of really cool physics research happening. Um, one of the projects that like stands out most in my mind is um, Eider in France. Uh, well, it's kind of like Switzerland, France. It's like kind of between there, um, but they're trying to make a nuclear reactor that uses fusion. And the idea behind that, because most nuclear reactors use fission reactions and you like put a lot of energy into it, you get a good amount of energy out. Um, But the idea with fusion would be that there would be like essentially no waste product um, or the waste product would be like clean water. Uh, So it wouldn't have a waste product like fission has nuclear waste that we have to like let decay and put it in a safe space. Um, And it would have like crazy insane energy outputs. Um, the weird thing about it is it would like kind of break the law of conservation of energy, like a little bit. Uh, but if they can do that, they kind of solve the energy crisis in the world for like clean energy. Um, and one of my like family friends growing up, uh, works for Ider. He was like their head physicist for a bit. I don't know if he still is in that position. Um, he's in France, so we don't really see him as much, but, um, He said that it's probably not something that would happen in his lifetime, but he's like in his 60s. So, you know, could happen on our lifetime.
1: Yeah, that's really cool. Like, I've heard so much about like nuclear fusion and like the entire concept behind that. And also there's been like a lot of recent breakthroughs. So that's like a really interesting subject that I want to learn more about. Yeah,
2: Yeah. there's also a lot going on in space as we keep making better and better uh, lenses and like cameras, then we can have better. Um, like telescopes, not really tell like uh, like the James James Webb Telescope, yeah, telescopes, space telescopes um, out yeah. in space, yeah, and then we can get better pictures of like seeing what exactly is going on. So astronomy is definitely one of or like astrophysics, astronomy. That's one of the realms of physics and in science where they're having the most uh new information and breakthroughs like all the time, um, because they're just getting so much data from out there.
1: Yeah, like um, all those space telescopes and stuff have been like completely eye-opening in terms of like what we can actually see, but also they're just collecting so much data that it's like almost astrophysics has almost become a data science problem where it's like yeah, to process all of this and like be able to go through all of it. Cause there's also like telescopes um, here on earth that are being built, like huge telescopes that are able to scan the entire sky in a really short amount of time. Um, to the point where there's going to be pentabytes of data coming in every single day, which is like crazy. Um, and actually a fun fact about this. Sorry. I know a lot of uh, this is. This Don't apologize. Is, but um the so it, with the pentabytes of data, the fastest way to move that much data around is actually not to upload it to the cloud it's actually to take hard drives and to physically fly it because flying it is actually faster than uploading it and then downloading it at a new place (laughs) because it's just so so funny yeah so fun fact about that but
2: yeah that is a fun fact that's crazy faster to fly it like across the world or where it's going
1: let's go into the woman in seven seconds. so We know that throughout your studies in physics, you mentioned that you only had one female physics teacher the entire time. Um, How do you think that like affected your experience? And also, did it become like a challenge you had to overcome? And if so, how did you overcome it?
2: Well, I think it's hard when you don't have instructors that you feel like you can really relate with on almost any level. Um, And like, that's not to say that I couldn't relate to any of my physics professors, but pretty much all of them were white men. Um, And I don't have that many like common interest overlap with white men as much. Uh, So it is it was harder for me sometimes to like see myself as a physicist. And it's there's like a lot of imposter syndrome that comes with being a woman in STEM. And when none of your instructors like look like you or you can even really like relate to on that many levels. It's hard. Um, yeah. And I think that like a lot of the professors that I had were fairly encouraging, uh, but there were a couple like bad seeds in the bunch that kind of like um, some of my friends went to office hours our freshman year, or I think it was our second year of college. And they asked the professor a question and the professor responded and said, "Um, if you're asking that question, you should go back to kindergarten because like you're never going to do well in this. And then they were just like shocked because they were like, are you like kidding? Like that's an insane response to like a question that you're asking your professor during office hours, which are supposed to be like where you go to ask your professor questions. And then I kid you not, a guy who was in the room at the time asks the same exact question And the professor looks at him and goes, that's a great question and answers it. And like, so my friends, I wasn't there at the moment, but my two friends were like, just standing there just like shocked. So they just like left. And then after that, she like, they both told me about it. And I was like, okay, well, I don't want to experience that. So like, neither of us for the rest of college went to office hours again. Like not just for that professor, but any of them, like we were like, that is like the very last resort ever, I would rather like, ask like 10 different people spend hours on google then like have someone disrespect me like that like I just didn't feel like none of us felt like it was worth it to put ourselves out there by going to office hours again and that was like one professor one time and like maybe that was not a decision that we should have made but like that's how we felt
1: that's crazy yeah like and I also think like that's such a like disheartening story but it's also inspiring that like now you're in education and you're like sort of like flipping the narrative like you're the one that's going to be the the person that your students go to ask for questions and like having that experience under your belt is sort of like probably also going to inform the way that you yourself teach which I think is really like cool so yeah
2: yeah I definitely took that experience that my friends had and what they told me and like I try to make sure that none of my students feel like any question that they ask is a stupid question um, and to be really respectful. Cause like asking someone a question or asking for help especially in academics is a very like humbling thing to do. And like, it's it's a vulnerable place to be to like go and ask for help and ask for questions. And I think that a lot of times like we come to this very like like, I don't know with certain people you can ask questions and like not really feel intimidated but it can be hard when there's like a big power difference. And I want my students to always feel like they can always approach me and ask questions. And like that, I'm not gonna like judge them for their questions. They don't have to like feel too much like they need to try to phrase stuff in the way that makes them sound the smartest. I just want them to like be comfortable asking questions and getting help.
0: That sounds, that's so amazing that you're creating a comfortable environment for your students. And I think that's that's really cool. it should be the one... bare
2: minimum, but, you know. That's true. I'll
0: yeah. take like, the compliment.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, I feel like with new, with, like, the more modern generation, hopefully teachers, um, the environment for students can change to become more welcoming. Physics is one of the most underrepresented fields in STEM, and how do you think we can begin to bridge this gap?
2: It's a tough gap to bridge, and I think that, one of the things that sucks about it is like, I don't think that we can be, I mean, we can kind of be asking men to change and we should, but I don't think that we can really count on that. Um. Personally, from my own experience, like I think that a lot of men don't think that they're the problem uh, and they think that they're fine, but there's a lot of internalized sexism that everyone has. uh it like I never considered myself someone who could study science like really until my junior well not even in my junior year of high school maybe like at the very end of it or like start of senior year I like started to feel more confident in it but I still didn't want to like tell anyone um because I felt like saying it out loud like to people not like maybe in my family or even some of my good friends like it just I never felt like I was a smart person and I feel like you had to be a smart person to do science And I also felt like a lot of the women that I saw in science, and this is nothing against them, but a lot of the women that I saw in science, like, identified with a lot more masculine kind of traits, whether that was, like, fashion or, like, the way that they talk. And, like, masculinity is just kind of very intertwined to, like, what academia is. Um, And femininity is kind of seen as, like, the opposite of that. And so being, like, a very feminine-presenting woman, being someone who, like, doesn't... talk in a very like academic vernacular most times, although right now I'm using a lot of big words because um, I thought about these questions <laughs> beforehand. But like uh, being someone who talks pretty casually and like in a more kind of feminine vernacular, young person, not academic, um, it was hard to see myself as a scientist and it sometimes it still is, but I've been kind of practicing like being like, yes, I am a physicist. Um, And I think that like being a teacher has given me a lot of confidence uh, in that because I am able to like help people and like feel that I really am a leader. Um, But I I think that the main way that we can bridge this gap is by just kind of persevering and keep going. Um, And I think that like it is gonna have to be women that like start to become more and more of the population as physicists or like in STEM And as that increases and as women take it upon ourselves to be the ones mentoring um, these younger women or just like women in different positions, like taking those mentorship routes to try to help, um, kind of just like help people feel more welcome and help people feel like this is a place for you and just kind of give that reassurance that like you are a scientist, you are a physicist, like you can do this. I think that that's really what's going to help change it and i think that like men do have their role of like not being jerks um and not being sexist but those are kind of big vague word well jerk isn't a big word um but those are like very vague words that uh it- it's hard i think yeah. that having like female educators in science classes can be really important so that they can like see like practice having men ask questions to women get help from women and that kind of helps humble them but also helps them have experiences in life where they see women in positions of power where women are in positions of power over them and even just besides education but in like other realms too um I think that that's really important I think that like men who have a boss who's a woman a woman they learn a lot more from that and they learn to like actually truly respect women and hopefully at the very least see women as equals which most men just in their minds do not even if they don't think that they're sexist yeah um one of the notes
1: that you mentioned like the idea that you were a very like feminine woman and you still are and that in your head contradicted with the idea of being a scientist or a physicist is kind of like the philosophy behind redefining pink like this idea that even in the color um like pink is obviously now associated with like girly girls and like in gender reveals pink is for girls blues for boys Um, But like, have you ever seen a science poster or something, a sticker about science or anything that wasn't like blue and green and like that had any pink whatsoever? I feel like that's really rare. So even that in that like subtle thing where it's like we associate certain colors in our head with a gender and pink, the color we associate with women and girls, doesn't align in our head with stem and science and technology and we don't see it in our daily lives as an example of science and technology and math and physics and all of these stem fields so like it's almost like the subconscious thing and realize
2: yeah there's so much subconscious biases and like there's so much symbolism within color that we have taken into the world that like just has very strong subliminal messages so like when all of our science posters are covered in blue and green and as a society we associate we associate blue and green with like masculinity and then like feminine all of our pink stuff is like honestly not that represented in school but like if it is maybe like english or things like that um it's it's sending a message and that message is not accidental.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, that's like such a it's something that I like didn't think about until high school but I was like wow that's actually a really big discrepancy that like you don't really notice in your day-to-day life until you like really stop to think about it like really stop to think about it
0: um now let's go on to our advice section so Miss Daughters if you were to tell your younger self or a younger girl out there who is interested in STEM a piece of advice what would you tell her
2: I would say that confidence is a choice. And I think that like confidence isn't something that you're always going to just feel internally. Um, But the way that you portray yourself to others is up to you. And I think that for women, we really like to say sorry a lot, or maybe like to is the wrong way to say that. But we apologize all the time for stuff that we don't need to apologize for. So I think stopping apologizing is a good one to kind of bring up that level of confidence and to show more outward confidence. Uh, I also think that women tend to start sentences with, I think, which I keep doing. And sometimes you don't need to say, I think. You can just say it. Uh, And all of those things give off a little bit more confidence, which is how we want to feel about ourselves and kind of fake it till you make it. Um, Everyone's going to get imposter syndrome at some point. If you are studying a STEM field in college, it's really, really important to find a group of people that you feel comfortable with. I had a little girl squad of four of us total that made up about half of the physics majors in my year that were girls. Um, And we would do our homework together. We would ask each other questions and we just felt like comfortable being vulnerable and being ourselves. Um, within that group and then when we were outside of that group we liked to kind of put off a little bit more confidence uh, because if we felt that if we weren't showing confidence that we weren't going to be respected um, and that is kind of the truth within STEM at least from my own experience so I think confidence fake it till you make it those kinds of things finding a safe space where you can get that help that you're going to need.
1: Yeah, that's really good advice. Okay, thank you. Um, I think it's about time to wrap up this episode. So thank you so much, Miss Daughters, for giving your powerful insight and being an inspiration to all of us.
2: Thank you all so much for having me. Uh, shout out women in STEM, yay.
0: <laughs> if you guys have any questions about being a woman in STEM or anything at all, please email society at gmail.com. That's A-L-L-G-I-R-L-S-S-T-E-M-S-O-C-I-E-T-Y at gmail.com.
1: Don't forget to follow All Girls in Society on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.
0: Thank you so much for listening to Redefining Pink, everyone, and see you on our next episode. Bye.